Welcome to Show Us Your Bits podcast. It's season three. This is the podcast about the stories behind the jewellery and the keepsakes we love. Each week we talk to storytellers, makers, artists, founders and entrepreneurs about their most loved treasures. I'm Alice Rivers-Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs, the original hand-stamped jewellery company, and we're celebrating our 20th year this year. Oh, Alice, that's great. And I'm Josie Lloyd, an author of novels like The Cancer Ladies Running Club and Life Saving for Beginners, as well as parodies and screenplays. But most of all, Alice, I love a good natter. So do have a listen and please do like, rate, review and share with your friends. And please get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook at Show Us Your Bits Podcast if you have an interesting piece of jewellery or an anecdote you'd like to share. Let's get on with the show! All right, Alice, how's your week been? Oh, it's been a crazy week, actually. Um, I did my first park run. And I know. Um, I didn't actually complete it, but that's because I... <laughs> wanted to be on the finishing line to see my kids come in and and sacrifice the mother again it was mother's guilt (laughs) I was there on the edge but yeah and then we also on Sunday we went to visit a puppy (gasps) I know a little um the most gorgeous little golden retriever that we're gonna call pickle so, yeah, we've that's got so a few exciting. Weeks before it arrives, yeah, that is super exciting. So we're all very excited. Just because we're here, can, can I just ask you what on earth you've got this big Roman centurion helmet doing between us? What is going um, on? This is one of my favourite stories ever. Actually, my mother and I decided to go to Rome a few years ago for a crazy weekend. She's always been obsessed by Italy, so we were like, let's go and see um, Rome staying in Trastevere it was amazing and everything um at the same time my kids were studying about the Romans and my mother saw this in a junk shop this massive centurion hat with the red the red feathers (laughs) across the top and uh she was like, we need we need to take this back for the kids. And I was like, okay, you know. We'd only gone for the weekend with, you know, hand and luggage. luggage yeah. And when we went to get the flight home, the woman at EasyJet said, unfortunately, you'll have to pay for extra, you know, extra luggage. And she, my mother said, no, 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 I've read the terms and conditions. It says that you're allowed to wear a hat. And the woman said, well, go on then, put it on. So my mother, <laughs> who is six foot tall... <laughs> She's quite tall. Then had to put this giant centurion hat, which was seriously heavy, is seriously heavy, um, had to put it on. And then she had to walk through the gate and people were clapping and they were actually saying, oh my God, you've made our day. (laughs) And then she had to walk onto the flight with the red kind of hitting the top of the (laughs) airplane. And she walked down the entire aisle with, again, people clapping. And it was one of my favourite, favourite moments ever. Hilarious. Well, Um, we're still... What you do for your kids. What you do for your kids. We're still (laughs) basking in the glory of... Rome from our Roman trip at well, New, exactly. I have to say but talking of amazing guests and European travelling we've got the most fantastic guest on a friend of mine mums. and all about mums it's all today about mothering and, and mumming and finding out mother's about guilt. Most, mother's <laughs> guilt but we're very delighted to have Donna on who I met through a technological mishap but anyway Donna is also somebody who had a technological mishap and it led us to being very very good friends so I am delighted to welcome onto the podcast and you're going to love her Alice Donna Reed. Do. <laughs> Donna Freed welcome to show us your bits Thank you. Very excited to have you on. Very nice to have Donna in the house. I mean, we met, must be 10 years ago now. Yes. Um, I was doing one of my books. I think it was A Twist of Fate. 
Yes. And I, key it might have been the key to it all. Yeah. Key to it all. And I came to meet you somewhere very glamorous. It was it was just by Broadcasting House. Exactly. And you were recording for Radio Gorgeous, which oh, is an wow. online radio station, which is brilliant. A sort of forerunner to all the podcasts and stuff that have now exploded. But anyway, you were with Josephine doing Radio Gorgeous, interviewing interesting people, featuring books and lifestyle stuff and, and arts and everything. The first... And it is still the longest running all-female podcast. 99% females. Wow. So that made all the difference for us. So we yeah. once a year, we'd have men in for Man Week. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Just to keep our hand in and not to, you know, so you couldn't say we were one no, thing exactly. or another. But yes, it was, and it was that focus on women that really made all the difference. And I've been honoured enough to help you a little bit on your recent and very exciting writing journey. So I wouldn't say you helped me a little bit. Okay. I would say that you were one of the people that gave me the confidence to even do it. Oh, to put pen oh to that's very sweet of you. Well, we were all, it was a story that needed telling, and it's your story. Can you tell Alice? Oh, wow. Because Alice, I want to hear the story. Because you've been telling me that it's worth it's hearing. It's an amazing so story. But to hear the story. I know you've told this millions of times before, and you're very good at telling it. Could you tell our <laughs> lovely listeners, and Alice, because she's never heard it, and she's very excited, um, what prompted you to write the book, and in a nutshell, what's the story about? Okay. So I was adopted... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Three Identical Strangers. It was a documentary about a New York adoption agency that separated twins and triplets. Oh, my gosh. At birth to sort of, and there was an experiment on them. Um, but um, so I was adopted. I was the third of three children who were, who were adopted by my parents. I found out I was adopted when I was six, but not from my parents. And it was not mentioned in my family Ever. Oh my gosh. I did not discuss it with my mother until I was 18 and then for like two seconds and then again at 21. So it was, it was something that I knew when I found out it was devastating to so me. So you didn't, so you found out when you were six, but mm. you didn't discuss it with your family at all. And yet you're quite a, a loud, vivacious <laughs> individual. Yes. I know that's one of the things I was like, I realized like I asked a lot of questions when I was young and I was trying to figure out because later I pieced together that my mother knew I knew when I was six but just decided not to say anything wow that's quite something right so how did you find out when you were six my sister told me in a nice way or no so it was something shameful and clearly secret you know because obviously everyone else knew and nobody told me Oh and she didn't tell gosh. me, it was like, oh, we have this superpower. No, it was like, you know, we're adopted. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And nobody mentioned it. So your no. sister didn't ever ask about it either. Nobody. Well, I mean, I didn't know what their experience was. Everyone was older than me. I was okay. the youngest. I was six years old. Oh, my brother's six years older than me. So my sister said, well, if you don't believe me, ask him. I didn't ask him until I was 14. I just kept it all in me. Anyway, long story short, that was always sort of my origin story and that being part of that origin story and that I sort of went over like worry beads for years and years and I wanted to write about that. And then, and I eventually forged a really close relationship with my mother. And then she died. Hmm. Very disappointing. (laughs) 
first you didn't tell me I was adopted then you die like yeah. come on the ingrate and so I was really like I felt like I had just kind of found my mother and found a re- close relationship with my mother and so I didn't like not having a mom so I figured well I'm gonna look for this other mother but that's always fraught one I didn't want to you know rock the boat with my mother two you know like why didn't I look sooner Two, you don't know what you're going to find. You know, once you open that can of worms, that yeah. is your can of worms. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you get to yeah. you know sit there and own that and be related to it and think about you know now. So that actually, your imagination is far better sometimes. Of course, than yes, because now you have is, children. Yeah. You're like, oh, and everything is your fault because it's all inherited. And you're like, oh my god, if I find that out, it's all inherited. <laughs> and then I gave it to you know the next generation. Anyway, so I was quite trepidatious, but then I was anxious because, well, maybe she's going to die. You know, I better hurry up. Anyway, so, and then my son asked me if I had a picture of this other mother and I was like, okay, well, see, he's asking. So I'm being a good mom by, you know, whatever it is, I get my son. son, You do. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what I found was that my mother had an affair with a much older married man who had four children already. But they were madly in love. She got pregnant. They wanted to run away to Spain to raise me. But they had no money. So in order to do so, they faked her death by a drowning for the double indemnity insurance money. (laughs) That is a shocker. That wasn't what I was expecting you to say. Wow. Okay. And she went and hid out in my hometown. And they busted her in a very early wiretap case. They heard her voice on Thanksgiving Day. So they actually, so they did bust her for it. So you can't mm. go around killing yourself off. And... So, I mean, it was because it was a scandal. It hit the papers, it was, right? It, it, it was a scandal. I mean, this is December 14th, 1966 is when it hit the papers. And it hit all the papers. I mean, New York Times. I mean, it was all over New York papers, but it was in... Aberdeen. It was in Spain. It oh was, my god! Yeah, because it hit the AP wires and it just went. I mean, it's wildly salacious story. You know, you have the blonde bombshell who was drowned, and they at first they thought he had killed her. Oh wow! Yeah, and then she bobs back up, <laughs> pregnant. You know, oh and then gosh. there's the married woman with the four kids. You know, she's the the wronged woman, and there he is. The handsome rogue who you know with my eyes and my son's eyes and his hands behind his back handcuffs it's so it's just so salacious isn't it but i can see it in all the newspapers yeah but for me i mean i have never looked like anyone no one has ever said to me oh my god you look just like your mom because i don't (laughs) never 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 and then all of a sudden you know, I looked this up and all of a sudden, you know, these newspaper articles cascade down and they're my cheekbones. Wow. Your, you know, your My look. forehead. My wow. eye bags. Thank you, Alvin. <laughs> you know, my head? eyes. Well, that was the thing that always had me curious. Yeah. And apparently it's just me. So when you found out this incredible information, which is kind of like everybody kind of wonders, I should imagine, if they've got this incredible romantic origin stories. Yours is kind of suitably dramatic for the personality I mean, that you yes. are. But yeah. what did you do then? 
Well, I've been in touch with the social workers who have to, New York and U.S. adoption laws, everybody has to agree, then they, you know, match you with your birth parents, etc. Um, they couldn't find her. But she had been looking for me 18 years prior. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I felt incredibly guilty. So, obviously, half Catholic, half Jewish. Guilt. First thing I felt about my mother. First thing. Even her was kicking right in there. But then they couldn't find her. And I also found out through the um, newspaper clippings and things like that. I had to do quite a bit of detective work on my own. But found out that he had passed away before I went looking. Um, while I was still in New York and very near to where I was living. But they couldn't find her. And then through a lot of detective work, I found her. Oh, wow. What was she like? Well, that must have been amazing. Yeah. What was that moment like? I get a little emotional. Um, Just as seismic as that moment when I realized I was adopted. Because in that moment... I was taken away from my parents. Mm. I didn't think about my birth mother. And then meeting my birth mother was sort of just as seismic, just as life-changing, just as, like, this is this person. And almost immediately in our knowing each other, you could tell that she had been waiting for this moment for over 40 years. Oh, wow. wow. So was she emotional, was it? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) She goes screaming, it's you. It's you. It's a miracle. Oh. oh. So, well, had she had any other family? She had had no other children. Oh, wow. And Alvin, my birth father, had been the love of her life, you know, very clearly. Oh. She had had another important relationship, as she had said, which had moved her down to Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, not glamorous. It's like this dumpy beach town between um, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. So you had to go down there to... to... Mm. And she was in a home, right? So... She was in a home. So also by the time I met her, she was bedridden, which was kind of sad. But at the same time, you know, I gave of her what we could give her. Mm. Um, that must have been amazing for her yeah. to, to finally meet her daughter. It must oh, have been quite And son-in-law and grandson. Yes. I remember oh, when so I you said all... your grandson, she was like, oh, my grandson? Oh. And what about her? Um, did she go to jail? She was given a suspended sentence. This is back when, you know, sexism had its pluses. Yeah, yep, pretty exactly. like, you know. <laughs> He turned your pretty little dumbass head, you know, and you know you had no say in the matter. You had no agency, so you just go home. You're from a nice family. You just go home, have your baby, and you know, think about what you did wrong. But he <laughs> went to jail. Yeah, he also had priors. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Alvin. So what about Alvin? Alvin's has a quite a character. I just Alvin's... think as a chipmunk. <laughs> so, however, like to realize. I mean, because my my adoptive parents, you know, my father was a civil engineer. My mother was studied to be a psychiatrist. These were, you know, very educated, upper middle class, you know, Jewish family. 
My parents were quite reserved. So you think like, well, where did this come from? <laughs> were they always like, oh, could you be quiet? Uh, or, you know, or were they very proud of your Well, I have my, my brother and sister, I was the quiet one. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't imagine that. But, you know, my brother's a, a musician, so he's a performer. You know, my sister's an artist, you know. So okay. I was, you know, especially at Little, I was, my nickname, one, I had white, blonde, curly hair. Okay. And two, I never said anything. So my nickname was Harpo. Yeah, <laughs> Harpo Marks, you know, for a reason. But, yeah, I did come out of my shell. Um, and realized that basically my personality is my con man father's. Ah, he really was. a charmer. He was a charmer and a constant schemer. My half-brothers have told me that when Catch Me If You Can came out, yeah. they swore it was about Alvin. Oh, really? They <laughs> swore it was about Alvin. I mean, they have stories after stories after story about him. Till his dying day, he was, you know... He had fingers in all the pies. Putting stuff in his wheelchair. Oh, I don't know how that got there. You know, coming out of Kmart. Were his family like that as well? I mean, was it like the mob or is it kind of... No, he was... No, they, they were... I mean, he's Scottish. But they grew up in sort of an Irish neighborhood in the Upper East Side of New York. And it was rough. And there was not a lot of money. And it was a rough, rough neighborhood. You know, there was the the German neighborhood was here, the Irish neighborhood. And there were all gangs. And there was, you know, these were tenements. And it was rough. You know, this was not the Upper East Side of today. It wasn't mob-related or anything like that. But it was... You know, sort of very rough street gang, etc. culture. But yeah, my half-brothers remember when my father was arrested. And, you know, it is weird to think that, oh yeah, my dad was, you know, a criminal. Like, what does that make you feel? It's like, one... He's a grafter. Yeah. More, <laughs> more, <laughs> not that I well, know that. No, more, 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 more grift than a grafter. A grafter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A grafter rather than... Um, but I didn't have to live through the you know, real world consequences of oh, it. And yeah. in some ways, I mean, look at how we feel about Anna Delvey and things like that. Frank Abagnale, who was, you know, yeah, the, catch me if you can, you catch me yeah. if you can, the folks. We do sort of glamorize, yeah. you know, con people. You know, they're sort of the rock stars. <laughs> exactly. They're the rock stars of, of the criminal world. Exactly, unless you say you were the victim of it. Yeah. And what that. and what happened in the end? So you've never met Alvin, but you've met some of your family. I met family. I met my mother and I, I spent a lot of time we got to know each other really well. It's weird though, because it's it wasn't it was like a mother and daughter relationship, but it wasn't. Yeah, because she's so, there's so, so much you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We were you would you when you first sat down, did you just kind of go, this is my life? And did you go, Tell me yours? Like yes. was it kind of like yeah, yes. verbal diarrhea of kind yes. of like, whoa! Tell Alice you know. about your hand moment with her. Oh, God, yeah, because because she was, the very first time we physically met, we started speaking on the phone. We talk all the time, and I mailed her things, and I I had translated uh, Kafka, so I sent a copy of that book and pictures of me through the ages, my husband and son and cat. And... So we, um, there was that same feeling 
of falling in love. Yeah, I, I've heard that before with, with people yeah. making that with... Because you have that feeling, you know when you're falling in love and you, you've met this person, you feel like you've known them forever mm. and you're just sort of filling in the details. And like you say, that rush of mm. information and verbal, like, oh my God, you like the same band. And, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? And for us, it was like, oh my God, you were hanging out in my... My hometown. You were hiding out from the cops in my hometown. And also, I actually... She knew people that I knew from her hometown. So we had... We knew people in common. I was like, why didn't I run into you before? To get back to her, in terms of when she obviously pretended that she died. did So she gave up her entire family at that point for a man did she ever talk to you about that and did was she unhappy in her life that she was or was it just that she loved him so much that she wanted to how do they forgive for that you know well, it's like off to the event you're like oh great cheers you know <laughs> oh great you're back yeah and they must have had the funeral and they must have had well they couldn't you know because there was no body and they were called to the bronx county courthouse not told why and then reunited with their very pregnant, when they thought, daughter. When they thought she died or disappeared. And how many years, um, no. how long, I mean, how long was the period between her? She was reported missing in July and she, she was uh, arrested in December. So they were just absolutely devastated. Oh my God. And then to be reunited in that way. So they were happy, but like, oh my God. And then she wasn't able to keep... That was a decision that apparently was very much driven by my grandmother. And my mother, well, (laughs) this was 1967. She didn't really have a leg to stand on. One, single motherhood is not what it is today. No, absolutely. Two... She must like a Well, and she was had to go back home and live with her parents. And three... It was everywhere. Like I said, it... Oh, so she was famous. Yes. Oh, oh, right. So you, this baby was... So her parents took her in and she was sort of like the, the wronged woman. Yeah, but, but, oh, but majorly. But, you know, yes. like, it's already, it was already wronged. Woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, in all the papers, everybody knows. There's oh, no way to hide escape. from oh, this. That's you quite know. tough, right? Yes. And so it was, you know, say something went viral now. Like, okay... And then I remember so she was cancelled by everyone. Well, yeah, three years later, there was follow-up stories. Where's that baby now? Um, and 1991, again, it was in the New York Post. Um, 2019, because I, you know, was in the paper in New York then. I mean, it just, it was a story that was everywhere. And they just felt that the that style of notoriety I wouldn't have had. No, um, a very a chance. good. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, I do really think that I, that sort of shame probably would have engulfed her yeah. parenting. Yeah. Yes, probably. And that I would have absorbed. You would have done. Yeah. A lot of that yeah. shame. And what, did she move away or did she stay in the same She town? stayed there until she met the other important relationship and then she moved to Florida. But it was funny because I have now met my cousin who basically had my life. She spent, so my mother had a sister, an older sister, who had a daughter who would spend every weekend 
at her grandmother's, my grandmother's house, where my mother was also living, her aunt. And she said, yeah, Mira, which was my mother's name, was a bit distant and... And, like, and was it kept a secret that she... Yeah. Oh, and so a house, she didn't realize, like, her being in that house every week, it was like... That could have been my. Oh, daughter. that must have been awful for Mira. Oh, wow. Yes. So then, oh, so strange. you started writing this book, which is a a brilliant book. We'll put pictures up on it on the on the site so people can Absolutely. see it. Tell us a bit about the book, and and it's been incredibly well received. It's a fabulous yes. book. Um, what's it called? And tell us when you wrote it. Okay, it's Duplicity: My Mother's Secrets, and it is. About both of my mothers, because I do feel that I have been formed and shaped and they both live in me. And I feel like I brought them together. Like I sort of complete a triangle between the three of us. And, you know, motherhood is, as we know, is is, it's a tricksy business. (laughs) 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 The tricksy business. But yeah, and I, it's, it is, it's a very much a family memoir with sort of a true crime twist, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it was hugely cathartic to write. And I don't know if you have these, I suspect you have these family stories that are sort of sort of fixed in yeah. aspect. You know, like, oh, Joe was the pretty one, and this was the this one. This one's the black sheep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's just these static stories. And all of a sudden, I had reason to go back and... Reclaim. Re-inhabit inhabit and dig them. deep and kind of find out why. Well, and also things happen, you know, seismic information happened to me when I was six. Well, that's what I would say. I was going to say you must have felt incredibly held back. Like you, that, I mean, I can't imagine what you might have been like as a teenager if you had these kind of issues that you couldn't share. Yes. Yeah, it, it, nightmarish. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize to my mother for like the rest of her days for the teenager that I was, rebellious. Like, but then you had a reason to be because she wasn't opening up to you. So yeah. you know you can't take all that guilt because actually no. if she'd shared the information. But then it's a. I guess for anyone that is adopting, it must be a very difficult time yes. to work out when is the good time to tell them you know yeah. but they they say now by law that you can't keep it a secret anymore I don't think yeah. so but for me it was like I looked at those and kept those experiences sort of stuck at that age so this is going back and then seeing oh seeing things in contest Contests. yeah which you don't always do and you're just reacting to things. So it was so valuable to me to do that and to really sort of reanimate what was going on and see what were the other drivers and what were the other things going on in our lives at that time. And yeah, it was just, oh, I just really, it was really hard sometimes to go back and relive, you know, some of the quite painful moments of my childhood, as well as the the limitations of what a reunited relationship can be. Yeah. Can be. Yeah. I mean, it was so amazing. Like, Joe brought up the moment when I first physically met my mother, and I just hopped in bed next to her, and I just noticed <laughs> immediately, oh, my God, we have the same thumbs. <laughs> and any time after that that she missed me, she was like, well, I just look at my thumb. It was a wonderful experience writing the book, and I'm so touched when anyone has, you know, I have a bunch of adopted people I know who it really spoke to them. And 
people and other people who who weren't. It's just a fun, it's really interesting. Story. I think yeah, it's a fun story. You know, the true us, crime yeah. Yeah, and, and motherhood and the. It's a wonderful book. Are you going to write? Are you going to write another one? Sequel? I think so. Good, good. Yeah, Sins of the Falls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got the names. Got the yeah, story. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, and actually, yeah. we will be putting pictures for it. It's a wonderful book. I can't recommend. it I feel like there's so much that you've. Got, there's so much more to, tell, yeah. to talk about. We could talk yeah. the whole. But time. you're it's here incredible. because you're here to share yeah. us your bits. I'm looking um, at all of your jewelry at the moment. I, I, I mean, this is my favourite. Ah, well, this is the only one. See. Well, I look at jewelry. I don't have any tattoos, but for me, jewelry is like tattoos. Hmm. You will never, I will never say, oh, I don't remember where I got that. I don't know. It means nothing to me. Everything. It's like you wouldn't say, oh, I don't remember where I got that tattoo unless you were unless you're really my daughter. Drunk. <laughs> 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 yeah. But yes, exactly. But so everything. And for me... <laughs> My jewelry is all about friends and family and ties, and that's what it should be. It should yeah. be so, those stories. So, so talk us through your rings. So, you, yeah. your wing, your fingers are the bejeweled. one that I was just going on about just then. Is is that a ruby in it? It is a ruby. Um, this is. I'll the, take a picture and put it on. But yes. it's absolutely stunning. This is the only one. It's the mystery ring. Oh, I've got a story for every single piece well, of jewelry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the best? All right. Well, I'll start. Well, I'll start with this hand because this is my grandmother's wedding ring. Oh wow! I like that. that. Yes, and that, that yes, that my uncle gave me, and oh, it's wow. faded. They're faded now because they were married in the twenties. Um, but they're overlapping oak leaves, and they used to have the pattern oh, of the leaves. And my uncle gave it to me. Um, because my grandmother had given, given it to him in the hopes that my gay uncle would get married. Never happened. <laughs> um, but so he gave it to me. So this was my adopted grandmother's wedding ring. This was my other grandmother's, my father's mother's. Old Alvin. No, no, no. Seymour's. Uh, okay. My yeah. adopted family. So this was my father's mother's stone. Old country diamond that he gave to my mother as an engagement ring that is humongous and this is my father's wedding ring oh wow so my whole family just sits on my hand watching my marriage making me (laughs) act right (laughs) and And so you added these two together yes well and this is where friends come in and this is why I say you should have a family jeweler Ruth <laughs> Ruth at Heirloom London. It was her idea because it was a okay. So this is my engagement ring, <laughs> which is for to, a to destroy giant, giant, a giant it's an aquamarine. aquamarine. It's an eighteen karat aquamarine, rectangular, massive. It, yeah, it will make you could kill someone with that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mega, 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 exactly. Aquamarine. So, so while this diamond is fabulous, it was on a you know a platinum sort of looked like a Tiffany's fifties, which is you know, what the setting was, which is not my style. No. And I didn't want to wear it because I didn't want anyone thinking that was my engagement ring yeah. when that was my engagement ring. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> so, so Ruth was the one who said, why don't you add it to your wedding ring? But, and she had the idea of adding it to there, which I love because it looks sort of like a 70s Bulgari. Yeah. You know, really, really does. There. It yes. really does. But so this is my dad's wedding ring, which I always wear, but it's big and it falls off. 
And so I wanted to find something as sort of like a holder, but I wanted something with a story, but it's not a story I know. It has, <laughs> it has this sort of deco thing. It's definitely probably a man's pinky ring. It's and so I good. bought it at a pawn shop. So yeah, it's got a little pave, you know. It has. Sort of, it's got little pave, pave diamonds, 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 and it's very decoy. It's, it's really and then this sort the of ripple, yeah, around it. Exactly, beautiful. And I thought it just went with it, and it. I think some man, and they probably had to pawn it, and I just went someone like my birth father. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's exactly. I thought it had sort of an Alvin vibe, yeah, because apparently my birth father Alvin used to wear a white suit, white hat. Oh wow! White shoes, white shoes, and he would yeah. make people kiss his ring. I mean, he was just out of control. Oh my gosh! Did you ever control. get any jewelry from him? Have you no, had no, anything? No, no, no I there was nothing. Met people recently. Uh, talk me through this fella oh, this, on your, this, on yes, your on, uh, yes, on index my, finger. On my index finger. This is a green amethyst. Wow! So before they're heated and turned purple. Yeah. Um, so it's a green amethyst, and my husband gave me this for my ten year anniversary. Oh, Our ten year anniversary, which was about. <laughs> and so is your nails. Can I say so are your nails? Absolutely oh, fabulous. And it's dark thank green. You. Dark green. Um, but Donna, everything I notice about you, whenever I see you, you're always wearing something flamboyant. You've yes. always got a you've always got a brooch or something. Today you are wearing this wearing beautiful little, little uh, cheetah. cheetah. Yeah, um, exactly. Where's where's that from? <laughs> I don't know where it's from, but my friend Mandy gave it to me. Oh, that's lovely. Recently, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's got a real like var- 80s yeah, vibe, hasn't it? It's like exactly. really, like, yeah. like I feel like I should be wearing poison. Like, yeah, wearing yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and shoulder pads. But I love they're the way all back. You've got you've got this kind of ability to wear exactly. like big jewelry and brooches. Yeah. Last time we saw you, yeah. you were wearing this. Oh, I love now, that. Now I love this. Now this has got this is this is an evil eye, but this is kind of. Very fitting for you because I often say that you, I often call you Donna Madonna. And I often think because you are doing up this amazing project and house in Crete, in, in Greek, Corfu. In Corfu, Corfu, that's right. Um, this is very off of that kind of ilk mm, and era. Yeah. Talk, talk me through what, talk us through what happened with that one. It's beautiful. That is a, it's from Paris, Celeste Mogador. And they do these embroidered, I love anything crocheted. Or embroidered, or and it brocade, you know mm, things that absolutely. that take craft. Mm. You know, people people work it, and so they do these. Um, you these can see the work yes, exactly. Incredible. Eyes, and they do sort of like icons. So they do like the heart. Yes, yeah, yes, the hearts, flaming heart. Yes, and, of, and, yeah, and Victorian. Yeah. They do these Victorian sort of. They'll do like this much of the eye. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But also, as you know, I'm obsessed with evil eyes because the whole Greek thing. And I just, I don't know. It's just fun. It's yes, really it's fun. fun. And I love orange, as you know. Yeah. So, yes. Orange so and everything. How long have you had a place in Corfu then? Uh, 2021. Wow. So, it's still pretty new. Uh, lockdown madness. <laughs> <laughs> the puppy and the house of Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> house of the country. She had too much time on her hands. Exactly. <laughs> well, we went to, I guess it was in um, October of that year, and it was the first time it was like, we will feel the most normal when we're, you know, we, we just had a habit of going to Corfu in this area and whatever. And we were just like, let's just go there and we can feel normal. Because most of the time you're living outside. 
Um, and we did. And I, whilst writing the book, my favorite procrastination thing was looking for property. Didn't we all do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I used yes. to lie in the bath yeah. and literally just look at properties <laughs> all over the world. It's yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yes, I was. Yeah, like, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we ended up in Greece seeing as I'm, you know, I speak German, bit of a uh, bit of Italian, bit of Spanish, fluent in French, and now in Greece. So, and learning, yeah, I was going to say, I am from Atho Amazing. Ligo Elenica Cathamera. A little Greek each day. So, when you're there wafting around your beautiful Mediterranean video, what what, what you wear, caftans, what do you wear? Do you wear big jewelry then? Do you, are you wearing? Yes, yes. Oh, I, uh, this, like this one, (laughs) this is one of my favorite. It's incredible. Isn't it, it is. It is a shell. It's a conch shell ring. It's a ring made it's out of so a conch shell. Someone has actually made this. That. Isn't the original? I have gone through because, of course, I wear. I I bike in things. I swim in things. I you know. I wear my jewelry. I'm exactly the same. Dishes, I never take it off. Right. Yeah. But these, um, because having worn them on the bikes, they do tend to end up cracking because they're an actual shell. But the first one <laughs> I've got was in um on the coast of North Carolina. My um adoptive parents had moved down, retired down from New York to North Carolina. And we used to go and have beach you know, have beach holidays out there. And um yeah, I found it in a diner in Nags Head. Wow. <laughs> so it probably wasn't then, actually a very expensive piece. No, oh no, god, it was like that. five dollars. Yeah. yeah. And yet, um, you think about the work. That yes, it's exactly. quite incredible. No, like, imagine not smashing no. it. I know, but imagine not smashing it. There yeah, must have been exactly. quite a few that did get smashed. But, you know, and so I have bought a bunch of replacements for them at Portobello. I don't know if they're oh, still really? a guy oh, wow. doing it. Yeah. And a different shells. I have, wow. like, different shell ring. Yeah. It's a fabulous. A shell ring. Um, just before we go, because I we could talk to you all day, yeah. but I want to discuss this beautiful white... <laughs> Coco Chanel, can you just tell me, because this is just quite a fabulous ring. Yes, it's quite good. It does, but the funny thing is, I, you know, you don't make important purchases without your husband. You know, if you've got commingled, you know, finances, finances and a mortgage and yeah, all these absolutely. things. However, when my adoptive mother was dying, I was practically commuting to North Carolina. I would fly from Terminal 3, there's one flight a day. That goes direct from London Heathrow to Raleigh Durham, where my where my parents live. I used to call it the GlaxoSmithKline Express. Because <laughs> everyone from IBM and GSK were on the were on the flight. And I'd be at Terminal 3 by myself, anxious, my mother's dying, I'm worried, I'm sort of pre-mourning. That was my excuse. Anyway, <laughs> several times I may or may not have wandered into Chanel. And I may have bought a pair of tights at one point. I may have bought this ring, in fact. (laughs) So I bought this ring and I loved it. I just absolutely fell in love with it. Then four days later, I flew back to London. And by the time I had landed, I had lost the ring. (laughs) And had you told Simon at this point? I had not told my husband yet I had purchased this ring. So then the question was, well, if... You purchase the ring, but you don't have the ring, and you only had it for four days. 
do That's really the most expensive do, ring ever. I was going to say, look, things usually advertise oh, over time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was like 50 quid a wear, you know. So, so I, I was, the debate was, well, do I tell my husband I actually bought the ring? And of course, I always end up telling my husband everything. So I told him I bought this ring and then I lost it. And about an hour later, he says, oh, do you mean this ring? That's hilarious. It had slipped into my bag. And I hadn't seen it. Oh wow! Bless you for finding yes. it. Yes, and then I look, and then I completely forgot all about it until I went to the Chanel show, and I was like, I have a Chanel ring. Oh, I wonder where it is, and I couldn't find it. And my friends ask Simon; he'll know. <laughs> I'm going on Sunday to the Chanel exhibition. Oh, it's fantastic! The jewelry in particular. Okay. Anyway, right Donna, trip. it has been an absolute pleasure pleasure to have you on. Show us your bits. Uh, we could talk really all day. Before we go, we're going to do a little bit of 2024 wisdom. Give us a little nugget, a little Donna nugget of something we can take through and the listeners can take through into 2024. Do you know, I spent many, many years, and I think you probably can both relate to this, thinking I was fat, thinking I was, you know, being insecure. You don't want to be too loud. Do you know what? Now that I'm invisible and middle-aged, <laughs> who gives a crap? Like, literally, get a strip song, do it. Wear what you want to wear, <laughs> do what you want to do. There is nothing to be worried about. That's very, very heartening advice. Thank it you is. very much. And we should all follow it. We will all follow it. We, we all Into need the bit, sea. We need a bit more Donna Madonna in our lives. Yeah. So oh, I definitely we need do. a bit of Donna Madonna in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. How lovely to have Donna on, which we could take her out for lunch now. Oh, I think absolutely. She well deserves it. She certainly does. You're still doing Joy January. Very impressive. I am. So I'll be having a Saint beer. Yes, good for you. Good for you. Lime and soda. We're looking good in it and we're looking forward to next week. Thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode of Show Us Your Lips podcast. Please do like, share, all the shenanigans that you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Rate, review, all that stuff. Um, Just share with your mates. Yeah. Tell everyone about it. And if you have a story, please do get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at Showish Bits Podcast. But until next week, ta-ra! Ta-ra! Ta-ra.